Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to the Finding a Job podcast. Today we're going to reveal some of the practical job search tips and strategies you need to land a great first job. Joining us is Leslie Mittler, who is a co-host of the Finding a Job podcast and a career coach and co-founder at Early Stage Careers. Leslie's company is a service that helps college students bridge the gap between their education and first job. And today, Leslie and I are going to talk about the ways that you can write great resume bullets. Okay, here's my conversation with Leslie Mittler, career coach and co-founder at Early Stage Career. Leslie, happy Wednesday, hump day, and we're back at it talking about how to write a resume. Okay, let's go. All right, so we're talking about some of the do's for writing resume bullets today. We talked a little bit about what's the purpose of a resume How do you sort of get the right structure, format, and template? And today, let's talk about the right ways to put the actual words on the page. People are going to spend six to 10 seconds looking at your resume. Those words better be well thought out and well organized, or you're not going to get that interview. Talk to me about the right strategy for writing resume bullets. Well, this is one of my pet peeves. When I look at a lot of resumes, people feel the need to be very democratic about how they present their experience. So every job will have two bullet points or three bullet points. And what they're not thinking about is sort of weighting those experiences towards the things that the employer is going to be most interested in. So if you had an internship, but what you did there was not all that relevant to the jobs or internships that you're applying for now, that should have much less real estate on your resume than the experiences that you had that were more in-depth, that were more current, and that were more relevant to what you want to do. In organizing those bullet points, you want to make sure that every bullet point starts with an action verb. You want to try to quantify things to the extent that you can, wherever you can use a percentage, a number. You know, I was tasked with calling customers. Was it 10 customers or was it 500 customers? So whenever you can, without going over the top, you want to be able to quantify your experience. And you also want to make sure that you are emphasizing the experience that is going to be most relevant to the employer by having more bullet points and more context under that job than under jobs that are less relevant or lasted a shorter time. So you have to look at the time also. So if you were at someplace for a month versus three months, that one month of experience should not have as many bullet points as your three months of experience. I think the word that you use that sticks out to me is weight. You want to emphasize what is the most important experience you've had based on the amount of real estate and words and space you're taking up on your resume. And I think that For people that are just graduating college, the early stage careerists that are looking for their first job, obviously your education, which is going to be at the top of your resume, is going to take up the most space. So how do you do that? And I'll give you an example of how I think about it. When I went to Boston University, I mentioned that I got a business administration degree. I 
was a concentration in marketing, and I did a capstone project. So I can take resumes and say, you know, have three bullets that are for the general learnings that I had at Boston University School of Management, three that were about my marketing concentration, and three that were specifically about the capstone project. And now all of a sudden I have nine bullets that are nicely organized that are showing that my college experience has the most weight. Well, I think that each person is different. So somebody could have had internship experience that was really terrific and that you want to make sure somebody gets to it sooner rather than later. So you should visually look at your resume and say, is it my education that I want to emphasize? Is it my internships? What is it that I want somebody to see and focus on more? And so if it's your internships, but your education takes up 50% of the space, you're not going to get to the internships as quickly as you'd like. You want to see where the greatest strength is in your resume and make sure that somebody gets to that sooner rather than later. Right. And I think that segmenting your bullets into different sections, right, subheadings is going to help you take up more real estate. And that's why I was bringing up the, here's what I did at Boston University School of Management. More specifically, here's what I did as a marketing major. And here's how I nailed my capstone project. One of the other things that you said is starting with action words. And I want to go into a little bit more detail about what that means. I mentioned I had a capstone project as a marketing major at Boston University. When you're starting with an action word, you're going to want to say what you did and follow it up with numbers. So the example for me, even though there was no business outcome because this was a scholastic project, I can say something to the extent of identified a market share opportunity of over a billion dollars in the food and health industries working on my capstone project, which was about creating a salad bowl. The point of that sentence is you're showing that you identified, right? I was an analyst. I was able to figure out something. That is your action verb. And I said what the market opportunity was, X billions of dollars, right? It actually quantifies some of the work that you were doing. And this is going to be a practice that you use not only highlighting what your scholastic experience was, but also your career experience. Leslie, talk to me a little bit more about ways that you can master the action verb and the actual result combination? Well, first of all, you don't want to overuse any particular action verb. So what I would suggest is get all of your thoughts down on paper before you worry about refining them. And then you can see like, am I using one word too much? Am I overusing a word? Do these words make sense? And to the extent that you can follow them up with some kind of result instead of just in what you accomplished, but what the result was, your resume is going to be much more informative to the reader. So lots of people put responsibilities on their resume, but don't sort of talk about what the result of those responsibilities are. What did they accomplish? So to the extent that you're using these action verbs, try to also tie them into what the result of your work was and also make sure just in terms of the physical layout of the bullet points that usually one to two lines is pretty much the max that you want to have for any particular bullet point. I think the one last thing to talk about when we're thinking about action verbs, right? Managed, participated, coordinated, executed. You can always wordsmith. I generally try to have 
the action verbs that are leading off a bullet just to be used once in a resume. Maybe you can duplicate them if you have to, but for the most part, you can find synonyms for the action verb that you're using. One thing that I would not do is don't get egotistical. Nailed my capstone project, right? You just don't want to make it seem like you are boasting. You want to talk about what you actually did as opposed to the outcome in the beginning of each bullet. Right. However, if you worked on a project and your results were implemented, you can certainly say that. If you were in a sales role and X number of clients retained your firm, that's fine to say because that's quantifiable. But I agree that you don't want to sort of measure your results in in a non-quantifiable way. What you don't want to do is write crushed my sales goals by producing X number of you know units sold. Just say produced X number of units sold. Don't be boastful. Right. Leslie, any other tips for crafting the perfect resume bullets? Yes, there is one other tip that I can share with you. A lot of times when I read students' resumes, the tenses are not consistent. So maybe one is in the present tense, one is in the past tense. You really have to pay attention to this. Even if you're still at a job, it's confusing to have something in a present tense when everything else is in the past tense or changing tenses within the bullets of a particular job description. So really pay attention to that. Is there a rule of thumb for using present or past tense? Well, I would say if there are things that you are currently working on, but you're writing your resume while you're still engaged in a job or an internship, and there are things that are active projects or that you're actively involved in now that you would use the present tense. Other than that, I think it would always be past tense. Go figure. Present tense, things that you're presently doing. Past tense, things that you've already completed doing. With that said, I think the important thing to think about when you're writing your resume bullets Be action-oriented, show your results, and remember that the amount of real estate you're taking up with a bullet indicates how important that you think it is and how much consideration the person that's reading your resume should give that specific part of your experience. And that wraps up this episode of the Finding a Job podcast. Thanks to Leslie Mittler, co-founder and career coach at Early Stage Careers for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Leslie, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can send her a tweet at Early Stage Careers. That's the word early, STG Careers. Or you can visit her company's website, which is earlystagecareers.com. Just one link I want to tell you about in our show notes. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to fajpod.com, which stands for findingajobpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, the contact information for our guests. If you're a subscriber to the Finding a Job podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We'd love to hear from you. So we created fajpod.com slash question, where you can send us your topic suggestions or your job search questions, which we'll answer live on our show. You can always reach out to us on social media. Our handle is fajpod on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a regular stream of job search tips in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day for the rest of the week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to keep networking and stay positive. 